Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 88. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here, as usual, with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm good. We are on the, the precipice of the of the new year of 2018. This is, we, we should say we're recording this on December 29th for the New Year's holiday weekend. This will be live the following week. So by the time you're listening to this, yeah, it'll be 2018. That is wild. So, Peter, today, it's been a slow news week. We should say that first. Like, there's not been a lot going on security-wise. I mean, there there rarely is a lot going on news-wise during this stretch, but you never know what hackers, threat actors. So you can't control what the cyber criminals and the nation state hackers are going to do, but it, it's been quiet. No no major breaches, no major attacks. Yeah, it's it's still only midday Friday, though. That's true. So I shouldn't have said shouldn't anything. shouldn't say anything. Yeah. But we, we had talked about uh, amongst ourselves in the office about how, you know, we some of us were expecting, not me, but some of us were expecting something potentially big to happen during this stretch when people are kind of off and, you know, enjoying their holiday time and, you know, some places are understaffed. But no, no, nothing so far. But, yeah, I guess I'll have to edit this out if something happens this afternoon. <laughs> scratch this whole section of the uh, of the audio yes mm. well let's let's hope yeah you don't let's have hope to do let's that. hope that doesn't happen yeah. well since it's been a, a quiet week and we already did our predictions uh, i wanted to talk about a subject that w- we've actually discussed we, we've been meaning to discuss this for a little while because it's it's one of those tricky areas that's it's kind of been overlooked but at the same time it's there's been a lot of of uh, ink spilled, a lot of people talking about him. Uh, I'm talking about TLS 1.3, the draft of TLS 1.3, the new version of TLS 1.3, which is not out yet officially. It's been in the works for an, for a while. And I'm, I'm going to ask you, Peter, to give us a quick recap about what's been going on with it lately because you've written a little bit about it. But we wanted to sort of get a sense of where TLS is right now and where it's going and why it's taken so long. You alluded to this in your predictions, uh, in the predictions podcast. When are we gonna see the official draft? But Peter, kind of explain what's going on with TLS 1.3. How long have we been waiting for this? Okay, so the thing about TLS 1.3 is the, the current version of the proposed specification is draft number 22. 22 draft number I, I want I'm about to probably make a mistake but I think it's draft zero is how they go by I think that's right I, lo- I looked at this um, yeah. yeah so if you if you were to look up the latest version of the draft um, and went to the internet draft in on on the IETF site where they store that yep. they they give you access to previous versions and so the first version, the, the, the first time it came out was April two, 2014. So here we are, 2018 is knocking on the door. I'm sure that they're not going to uh, publish it as an RFC in the next uh, 72 hours or so. So it's going to be, it can't be any sooner than 2018. Um, but it's not going to be, it's not going to, 
when, when you and I first started talking about TLS 1.3, I'm going to say probably in 2015 or so, I was anticipating um, I, that we would be writing about the, the publication of the draft as a full request for comment, an RFC document in the IETF in 2000, at least by 2016, mm -hmm. because the draft then, and, and it's, been th it's been through a, f a final call previously. Yep. Is in the final cut or no, I don't want to. I, I I can't speak to that. I know that it, that there was a final call. I think it is currently in final call again. I believe that's right. It um, didn't it go back and forth a couple times. I think yeah, at least right. Yeah, yeah. And there's a reason for that. We'll get into it. In a yeah. Minute, but but so the TLS 1.3 solves a, it fixes a lot of the problems that have been cropped that have been sort of patched in previous revisions. Um, to give even more history than probably some people care t to hear, but no. SSL, Secure Sockets Layer, was a protocol. It was a proprietary protocol devised by Netscape back in the 90s. 1995, old uh, school. Well, SSL version 2 was published as a, as a draft um, or published by Netscape in 1995. That was version 2. Version 1 apparently was never made public. Oh. Because, or, or that's what the internet told me mm. when I did a little searching on it. Sure. Um, but yeah, so SSL was the first, it, it was basically provided prior to 1995, you, you didn't get, there wasn't an easy mechanism to encrypt or authenticate content over the web. Right. HTTPS specifies that you're running TLS. Yep. Um, but that was, you know, that was 23 years ago now almost. Um, that Netscape came out with that. They made a lot of money from their servers, which w their servers and client and browsers were the only ones that supported authentication and encryption that way. Um, and and in, in fact, in some ways, was a big part of the reason why uh, the Crypto Wars Part 1 um, of the 90s were happening because Netscape wanted to ship browsers and servers that could encrypt with more than 40-bit keys and they ran into export uh, restrictions on uh, because strong encryption back then was considered a munition and you couldn't just ship it anywhere out of the United States and so that that was that was one of the precipitating factors in my recollection of the of how things were going on then mm. uh, but a 40-bit encryption was a big deal and uh, it was 40-bit for the export version and 128 bits I think I want to say for uh, for the strong encryption version. That is some institutional <laughs> knowledge there, Peter. <laughs> well, so so SSL, then uh, it didn't, it didn't, it turned into, it was turned into TLS 1.0. Transmission Control Protocol. Or no, I'm sorry, uh, tra Transport Layer Security. Transport Layer Security. Yeah, over. Over TCP, TCP which is trans transmission. Trans transmission, sorry, I got my T's mixed up. I, I, I had to look it up this morning when I was working on, on, uh, my blog post. So oh, there you go. Um, so no, no, uh, nothing wrong with that. Mm. So uh, TLS 1.0, TLS 1.1. Um, I don't remember because I didn't really look up when those were published. But TLS 1.2 was published in 2008. It's been a while. So it's been. We're talking 10 years since yeah. the last uh, official update. Now that's not to say that people aren't already using TLS 1.3. Right. But it's not official, so right. it's sort of you know it's still there. 
And it's not that there's anything wrong with that. That's exactly how it's supposed to work. You're right. supposed to, you can't get a standards track proposal published unless you've actually got, I, I want to say there's, you need two separate independent implementations of a protocol for it to be considered, a, to even start to become considered as a, an internet uh, standard. Sure. So, um, so yeah, Cloudflare, Google had w supported one TLS one point three a version of it, um, and on a you know a lot of vendors are are figuring out how to do this because TLS one point three solves a lot of problems. Yeah, no, you and you you sort of outlined some of those problems in the piece that you wrote, which is basically you know the pruning of of these older or obsolete algorithms. Uh, and that's one of the things you hear a lot about with this sort of previous, with, with CLS 1.1, weak ciphers. Right. And you know, you gotta get rid of them. Is, there are people out there that basically, and I don't totally subscribe to this, but you know, when you're talking about motivated threat actors or capable threat actors that are really focused on you know, cracking you somewhere or the other, I mean, TLS, like there are a lot of people out there that say TLS is basically useless. And you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I know that 1.3 does, like you said, solves a lot of the issues, but there, but there are serious problems with, with 1.2. You, you've made the argument, and you make the argument in your piece that you're okay with waiting because you can adopt the draft. The, the, you know, it's not finalized; it's a draft, but you can adopt a 1.3. You can, uh, you can use TLS 1.3. Uh, there's nothing preventing you from doing that, and as you said, some of those companies already are. Um, and you're not going to know about some of the problems that TLS 1.3 has unless you try it out and you're willing to go back and sort of fix them. And and you, I don't remember what some of the issues were with TLS 1.3, but well, I can sure I I can try to summarize real quick. One of the th uh, so as you mentioned, obsolete deprecated legacy algorithms and, um, With and protocols. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 1.3 prunes that even, yep. it, I mean, all of these older uh, protocols would allow you to use all kinds of other algorithms and protocols and, and cipher suites and things, which in the meantime, in the last 10 years, for example, and even further, we've discovered that things like um, uh, MD5, yeah, as a as a as which a Yahoo knows well a, right. a, a lot about exactly. So so MD five is a is a hashing protocol. It's no longer considered worthy of being an actual hashing. It's it could be used as a as a check digit type, um, you know, it, to yeah. to verify that your content is the same. But you but can't it's use generally it. unworthy. It's not crypto cryptographically yeah. uh, cool. Um, so a lot of these things, uh, a lot of the processes. Um, they've they fixed the handshaking process because one of the byproducts that, that came out of the testing is that not all TLS implementations do the handshake negotiation of which cipher suites and which algorithms are you using. They don't always do it correctly, and some of them do. They sort of cheat on it so that it so that things will work right. up to now. Right. Um, but in the meantime, come at them with a TLS 1.3 server. And everything falls to the floor, so it doesn't. W it stops working. Um, so the handshaking issue is is very important. Some of the. Uh, so what else? 
Middle boxes. Middle boxes, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's been in which the news is, a lot. We've talked about that before. Yeah, the yeah. middle box is basically um, yeah, middle, breaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about middle boxes is that, by definition, they break end-to-end encryption. They do. Right. It's the whole point. Yeah. And, and that's fine if you're an enterprise and you want to make sure that all of your stuff stays behind, that, that you're not get making direct connections with and and device inboxes on on the inside yeah um but overall if you break end-to-end encryption then then it it stops allowing me to trust that uh, my stuff is protected so and if i'm accessing the internet through an organization that is running these uh next generation packet uh, stateful inspection type firewalls then i may not even be aware that my stuff can be looked at yep or yep. is being looked at by right. my my isp um but yeah so end-to-end is important um perfect forward secrecy is another feature of tls 1.3 the the protocol specifically is intended to move people to perfect forward secrecy by that the, they mean um that if you break if you if you record all of my encrypted transactions over the web this week you can't next week break my session key and then look at all my old stuff you can only look at the session that i use the key for so part of part of the reason that that works is that you need to be able to avoid doing things to generate keys that is predictable and so that's another you know that's a that's a that's an important feature and and we'd like to see that more because right. it encourages safety and yeah. and uh, security and privacy. Um, so, I think did I get everything? I think so. Yeah, okay. I mean you, you hit on the big ones, but I, and and you're I, I think you're right. I mean in in reading your argument and in, and in hearing you explain it, there's definitely merit to waiting to make sure. I mean, ten years is a long time, but. This is an important protocol, and you want to make sure you get it right. And you, and as you test it out, and you look at different things, different aspects of it. Like what? Like what if it had been rolled out, and adopted? And you know, I know this doesn't usually happen with new protocols, but let's say that there was a, a large, you know, a, a chunk of companies that had adopted this, and it created even more problems around middle boxes and just traffic transmit. I mean, you, you just don't know. But at the same time, and, and not that I totally disagree with your your argument, I do wonder, like, I mean, I mean, Cloudflare and Akamai, like those companies, great, they've adopted it, Google. Um, I think Apple has adopted it in some measure too. But they're probably, I mean, there's not a lot of data out there about how many people, or how many organizations have, have supported 1.3. So it's hard to know this, but my guess is just reading about this and not hearing a whole lot about it from different organizations and different folks that we've talked to throughout the year and in previous years, it doesn't seem like that many people do use it. And I don't know if it's, if I, would we be better off if people, if we had pushed something out in 2016 or even last year for 1.3 that was imperfect, but was better than 1.2, because 1.2 has so many problems and like you can't expect your average company to say, oh, 
one point the draft for 1.3 is out and it's been revised a few times let's move to it so, and that that to me is a problem because like i i hate that what, what it was the old saying you know perfect is the enemy of uh, uh a good, good enough good yeah. enough yeah i don't like that but it, you know in this case like i said it how how the delays how much has that contributed to organizations sort of relying on weaker versions of TLS and putting themselves at risk and that leading directly to, you know, technical issues, breaches, whatever, you know, like the handshake, handshake issues. So I don't know. I, I see your point, but I also, a, a large part of me is going the other way, basically saying something should be done sooner rather than later. And if it doesn't work, if it's not perfect, you, you can always do a, a, an addendum. You can always do an update. You can always do 1.3.1 1, 1. or 1. 1.4. Uh, leaving organizations to rely on 1.2 just doesn't seem like the right way to go. And I know that the, the Internet Engineering Task Force, their job is not to like fix how companies implement security. But at the same time, I think you have to realize that I mean, these companies, enterprises have a hard enough time patching, patching their applications. Like if you don't give them a reason to, to move to something new, if you just say it's a draft, then how many are really gonna do it? Well, th that's the thing. Now, if we had gone with the version of TLS 1.3 that was current, let's say a year ago, in the last year since, you know, let's say that, let's go, go back in time to, to December 2000. 16 yep and let's say we were having this conversation and said okay it's time to just you know like it's got to be good enough let's try it that would have left us with people deploying an internet a proposed internet standard that was having these problems with the middle boxes that was having these problems with the handshaking one that i forgot one point that i forgot earlier be was safe that I, I that's another point that i was f that, right, I forgot well. that i just remembered but there is be safe but and be safe, that's an important thing. Matthew Green, the cryptographer and professor at Johns Hopkins University, um, wrote a really good blog post about how the presence of some uh, artifacts of the RSA be safe code that was, that was original. The, li the library. The library, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. So the RSA be safe library uh, had code that could be exploited, but it, and, and we knew about that a while back. That was yeah. that was a Snowden revelation. If I I'm think not so. Yeah, mistaken. But so we found out about that. But then we, you know, in the years since that revelation, people were looking at it and said, "Oh well, you know, it was in there, but it, there's no way that it could be exploited." Now, the fact that well, the, the <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly well, the fact is that it turns out that part of the way that be safe that 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 vulnerability could be in in theory exploited is explained by uh, problems that arose from TLS 1.3 being able to go fair. backward. Yeah, fair. So fair point. So we would have we would have missed that one. Uh, we would would have missed some of these issues with the middle boxes, but we probably wouldn't have because they would have they they surely would have been doing you know these testing and in, in actual practice and would have discovered that. But if you discover that after the protocol is set in, in an RFC, yeah, you turn back the clock to the beginning and you got to start over. 
There's yeah. a lot of political stuff, I th I as I understand it, at the IETF as far as developing these things, where some companies want to do things one way, yeah. others want to do it a different way. And, and, and that's, I guess, sort of, that would be my, my sort of final point on this, is that I know with any of these consortiums and organizations, there's always going to be some, some, some tug of war, some push and pull. There's different companies and different people with different interests, and it's not... A, a perfect system. Um, actually, I, I should mention, I spoke with um, Stephen Weber a while back, uh, earlier this year. He's a professor at uh, UC Berkeley. He's, um, he's head of their, uh, of, of Berkeley's, um, uh, it, it's their Center for Long-Term Cybersecurity. And he wrote a book, he wrote a lot of people would say the book on open source, um, the success of open source way back in like 2004, 2005. And one of the things he, he talked about, he came from a political science background. One of the things he talked about was sort of how to make, like how o open source operates, but how it uses a, you know, a decentralized system and how do you, how do you make that work? Like how do you have all these different parties and there's no real hierarchy and there's, and everyone's sort of kind of equal, and, but how do you come to an agreement? How do you make things happen? And he sort of applied that sort of international policy, like, you know, like a UN type thing. He applied that to open source and the way he looked at that whole, you know, software market. But it's the same thing with these protocols. Like a lot of times you have uh, different organizations and different people and different backgrounds all on equal footing. And it, it can be a while before, and that, and that can create I guess I should say, sort of delays in, in actually accomplishing anything and getting to that point. And I, I don't, it's not always like politics. It's not like somebody has a hidden agenda. It's, it's just different, uh, different priorities. Like you may have an organization that's like, that's like, you know, if you push out this version of 1.3, it's going to kill our entire business model. I don't begrudge them that. But at the same time, like, yes, like you could have pushed 1.3 out and had the be safe issue or you could have had other issues, but compare those to the companies that are still using 1.2 or 1.1, for God's sake, and and how much more jeopardy, jeopardy those organizations are in for using that. So I don't know. It's still it's still tough for me to reconcile the delay, but I think you, Peter, have made some strong points on it. So do do we have time for one yeah, last? Yeah. So here's the thing about. Uh, about SSL TLS in general, mm. one of the th one of the one thing that comes up a lot in not just from protocols but in software in general, backward compatibility. Yes. So, one of the issues that I f forgot to mention about uh, TLS is that, and in fact TLS one point three, this was one of the things that has has kept it uh, that kept it from being going forward in the in, in the last year or so. If you when when you when you have two parties communicating over TLS, you the first thing you do is a handshake. You negotiate which crypto systems, which algorithms you're using for encryption, for authentication. Right now, um, and which version of TLS you're actually using. Now, to al to f to allow backward compatibility, you need to allow a TLS 1.3 server to communicate with a client that's only running SSL version two. Right, older, yeah, or some older. Yeah, one. yeah. yeah. Um, running some older crypto systems and ru running some older algorithms. One of the issues that was discovered was that uh, 
if you that you can force a TLS 1.3 server to to downgrade to almost no you know that's to, right. to crypto to to, to the the, the weakest, th yeah. the weakest link. The, you, the literally the weakest link. I totally it, forgot about that. Right. Yeah. And and that is not good. And that was another one of those things that got picked up on. But um, the whole issue of backward compatibility goes back to to one of the very early internet aphorisms, which was be conservative in what you accept and be liberal. Uh, sorry. Backwards. Uh, backwards. <laughs> Be conservative in what you send and liberal in what you expect. Right. Accept. Right. Now, and and I and the reason I'm thinking about that because I was recently talking to Paul Vixie, who was oh, that's right, yeah, a, a, an internet old one, you know, a DNS guy from way way back, Farsight Security, um, CEO yep. and founder. Uh, Paul was saying was talking telling me a, some really cool tales of the old days um, of failure modes and he said he described a situation where there was this very kludgy infrastructure that had been sort of cobbled together over time and it just barely worked and it kept just barely working for a really long time so now that's a good thing right that you, that you're that you're yes <laughs> that your stuff works yeah, yeah. no matter how badly you do it but what happens is that in a system like that when the when the need when when the last uh, straw is placed and the whole thing falls apart, then you have to take the whole thing apart to figure out what it is that yeah. was wrong. Yeah. And and one of the things that stuck with me, Paul, s d he mentioned the the conservative and what you send and uh, liberal and what you accept. Yep. He said, you know, maybe it would be better if that we turn that around and make it conservative in what you accept and liberal in what you send or you know even just conservative in what you accept right his point being that if you accept things that are just barely correct according to the to the most technical aspect of the technical specification eventually it's all going to fall down yeah um, all right i mean it, that's a good point i mean it's hard uh, these things are so complicated <laughs> that's why we have jobs that's why we it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point uh yeah well, I mean, you, I know I expected TLS 1.3. I think I think I said the second half of, of next year, the final version. Uh, and I don't remember what you had predicted. I, I might have agreed. Yeah, I think you agreed with me. That sounds about right. Yeah. So we'll see what it would what what comes out when it happens, and if there are any sort of additional major issues after the fact when it's released. But. Yeah, we, we need something. I think we both agree on that. Oh, yeah. Depending, definitely. I mean, regardless of how long the wait has been and what the timing of it all is, uh, organizations should at least consider upgrading to the, the draft. We've got to get something in place, um, whether it's the final version or, or not, because, that, I mean, obviously, we're talking about the security of the Internet, and it's important. There's my obvious <laughs> statement for, for the day. Uh, Peter, thank you for joining me in this discussion of TLS 1.3 and for dropping knowledge on it. Always happy to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright. Have a happy new year and we'll see you next time.